Hey guys, welcome to The Roundtable. Here at The Roundtable, we continue the conversations that we have had from Sunday morning and how you can have practical ways to help every person take their next steps towards Jesus together. Hey everybody, welcome to The Roundtable, episode number 48. Uh, We're thankful that you guys could join us, whether you're listening to us online or whether you're watching. And again, we'll always put the plug in. You need to watch once, at least one time. You can get the dynamic of what it looks like in the room. And maybe this, should we say this, Nick? Yeah, we can say it. Next week, next week, Nick is moving all of our stuff. Well, it's not ours, his stuff. Yeah, all of his stuff. Is that right, Nick? We're moving it all. (laughs) And it's going to look completely different? Yeah, as soon as Jenny tells me what it's going to look like. Here's what I want to know. Can we have a green screen? That would be amazing. Is that in the budget somewhere? I don't know. It, we'll I have don't to ask know. Jennifer, but we can get a green screen. That would be amazing. Yeah, like, you know, we, we could, could put up ocean. all the background. Huh? We could be at the ocean. Nobody wants to be at the ocean. Yes, they do. No, the ocean's terrible. No, it's not. I do you like we'll the ocean? I guess we'll find out with one of those questions, We right? will. We will. <laughs> do you like the ocean? The ocean? Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, see? The ocean is amazing. Oh my God. You know what happens at the like ocean? It? Sand gets in every orifice that you have. <laughs> that Only is true. Only if you go out <laughs> on the beach. That is true. What How else did you experience the ocean? A balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I never the, thought about that. I wind. was just like, the thing about the ocean is it like looks beautiful, and then you go into the it's sand. Dirty. It's dirty. And then the yeah, sand's blowing in you, and then you go jump in the ocean, and it's like sucking in salt water. And yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah, it's not that great. I don't even like to swim in it. I just like the vibes around it. The vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, the same thing you could get if you used a noisemaker. No, well, yes, but that's not the same. <laughs> it mean, is not the same at all. It is the no, exact it's not. same. I just love being by water. Yeah, and a noisemaker makes you feel like you're by water. No, not Either same. way, you should watch because yes. there's going to be some changes coming. It's going to be different. And again, with all of that, part of the watching piece is that when they're on YouTube, they can leave comments. So we'd love for your people to be able to leave comments. So again, we can continue to evolve the roundtable into something that's helpful for people. Uh, because again, the roundtable was... Uh, discussed or talked about because we wanted to continue conversations you know and so we wanted to say yeah. we've talked about some stuff on sunday morning but part of the problem everybody forgets so we should go into why are you laughing because it's true <laughs> i know <laughs> right true. like you talk about it everybody yeah. forgets it so we should probably continue a conversation if we're going to put that much effort into doing a message right yeah. so we continue down that road and evolved it now into guests every week that are going to say hey and from my perspective, you know, this is how I see things, which that's what leads us to our special guest. Yes, Shane. our special guest. Shane Flora, the second, the second manure pumping person we've had on Really? Here. Yeah, him and no, Nick Kopke. No, no, no. I'm, I'm an engineer. Get what? it right. Yes, I, oh. I'm, I'm not a, uh, no, I'm an engineer. <laughs> okay. Wait, why nope. do you think he was? Because uh, he pumps all my manure. Does he? Okay, so okay, so you're an engineer of. <laughs> I guess that would be the reason is because uh, I hire him, and then he travels all over the United States pumping manure. So I guess that would be the only reason uh, I would say it. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> well, and like like that's that like that's how I have to sell my service to make it seem that simple. Uh-huh. But really, there's a great deal of detail that goes into it. A great deal of engineering. Yeah, well, so I'll put the exact amount of nutrients in a place that a seed can grow and sustain itself for its 90 days or whatever 
Yeah. So it's an engineering. engineering. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for the manure. Yeah. <laughs> How? What? What? Because oh. fertilizer. <laughs> fertil- <laughs> I'm so confused. Manure is fertilizer. Oh, yeah. I still don't get it. Wait, <laughs> I thought you're pumping it out though. Well, we are so onto what? a field. Oh, that grows a crop. I see. I see. Okay. You got it now, Jenny. Yeah, I see. The farming world. <laughs> yes. You, right? you want me to draw you a picture? No, you don't need to. <laughs> you know what's funny, Jenny? Is what? last week when I was doing the message, you're the first person I thought about. Why? Because I got done afterwards. Brady sends me a text. He's like, hey, dad, listen to the message. Couldn't make it because he had to work this uh-huh. weekend. He's like, I went out and bought all my canning supplies and my gutting oh, knives. Oh, my God. <laughs> So I I laughed because I was thinking about just like that. You Uh don't, you didn't grow up in agriculture. So when somebody says manure pumping onto your field, like, I don't get it. How does that (laughs) even work? I don't know where my food comes from. Yeah. That that kind of thing right there. Yeah. Yeah. So no shame. No shame in not knowing. Yeah. You gotta like, you gotta like be a garden and dig in it. I mean, I've gardened before. Same thing. Not with manure though. You don't put any like nutrients in the ground. I don't know. <laughs> You're quite the gardener. Okay. Okay, so you pulled weeds I didn't in your mom's start garden. garden. Yeah, well, you... I've pulled weeds in multiple gardens. Okay. I was I worked in the garden for a okay, like one day actually. <laughs> in the jail. And then in rehab I've worked yeah. in gardens. Um, my very first one actually, but I just only wanted to be out there for the tan. Yeah, so yeah. you really aren't like Okay, I don't know anything about gardening. No, no, no. I'm just saying like <laughs> No, I really I'm don't. saying the whole idea of like this like raising your own food yeah, and I know. caring about that and putting the right nutrients on the plant to be able to give it to what it needs to yeah. grow. And like, I'll you don't, starve. you don't, you will not. We'll just starve. No, yeah. you won't. You know what? You're going to show up at somebody's house that That's knows how true. to kill the food or make No, I will not. Well, what will you do? If somebody hurts my dog, I will. <gasps> if somebody wants to eat Grayson, if it gets that deep. Are you okay? I, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> You're getting I notifications. Would. People that are watching the podcast right now that are saying Jenny knows nothing about a garden. Yeah. <laughs> they are not watching. Anyway, so Shane's our special guest. So yes. we're gonna get to know him and again learn to, you know, know through the lens of what we've been talking about. We've gone through the book of Revelation, uh, and kind of get to know his life and see how that looks through there. But before we get there, we always want to go through current events, anything that's going on. So Shane already told us nothing, right? Like he's not <laughs> excited about anything that's going on in the world. So that was our pre-podcast talk. Yes. So it was actually quite interesting though. Yeah, I know we're going to get to we it. We are going to get to yeah, it. Yeah. So what about you, Jenny? Because you're always in the world of the things that are going well, on. What's interesting you right well, now? Well, so I'm going to a concert this Friday and it, it, well, it was, it was supposed to be Hillsong was supposed to be in there. And I was like, well, okay, where'd where they go? In Fort Wayne. So they really? were on tour with Casting Crowns and We the Kingdom. Okay. So then I Googled where or why they weren't on it. And I found out that their lead pastor, which, you know, they have like multiple, yeah. like in the U.S., whatever. Mm-hmm. Brian Houston, who started it, mm-hmm. is like, he um, put in his resignation because of misconduct. Mm-hmm. You know about it? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's why they're not going to be here. Yeah. And they gave it two Was weeks. the misconduct with you? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that how you know about it? Is that it? an inference of, like, no. my character or no, something? Like, no, the first I thing just... that you think of is a pastor why. has misconduct, and Shane's first thought is, was it with you? <laughs> that says a lot about my character. Yeah. No, I just, I just like, I, I, this sounds like a pretty big deal. It, it, no, it and really is. Like, I don't know anything about it, like. Yeah, that's because you don't have a TV. Yeah. Well, I don't have it. I don't watch TV either. It's only because I read about it. 
And this has been going on for quite some time. Has it? The yeah. misconduct? Yeah. Like or the he, cancellation? Well, the him not. misconduct piece. Like, okay, well, then something happened about... Um, well, has he... Did he resign no. yet? So they've been going okay. through this whole thing of, like, he's been doing... With his dad? Yeah, and yeah. he's obviously had some affairs right. and some weird sexual misconduct stuff, but the church kind of glazed it over because Hillsong's so big. And yeah. How do we restore him, and how do we get back to the place? And then I think it just finally came to a spot where they're like... We need to part ways. Yeah. You know, so I think for Hillsong, that's a pretty big deal when you're a national Especially you know, when church. he started it. Huh? When he started it. Yeah, I think. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It yeah. really is. D- didn't we have a conversation about that? Meaning? At Bible study, like the church isn't willing to call sin sin and just deal with it and squash it like, like, hey, let's get this guy to help whatever he needs. He's lacking something in his life. Right. So, well, I think it's amazing how many times the church will sweep things under the rug just mm-hmm. to keep safe face and get keep people coming. Yeah. Right? Then why are they doing it? Who? The church. Why are they doing what? They're, if, if they're doing it to save face, they're probably doing it for the wrong reason, not for Absolutely. influencing people's lives for Christ. Like, So, like, we should have that discussion, not... Not... Not how do we sweep it under the rug and make it all better? No, I know, Absolutely. but I, but let's just be honest. I mean, let's look at the church in America. I mean, the church of America is doing everything they can to get people to come, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'm not, not saying doing it's enough. Right. Uh-huh. Like that. No, you're not. Who's not? <laughs> the, the church in America is not. They're not doing everything they could to get people to come. Yeah. <clears throat> Explain. Okay, so so what? You had what five hundred and something here last week, Sunday. Yes. Okay. So, so if those, well, do you get, if, our, if do you we, get our attendance report? If, if we did everything. <laughs> Is somebody sending Shane our attendance I report? I think so. I think Either so. Either way. Okay. You just got to know people. Okay. You got to ask the right questions of the right people. Yeah. yeah I don't does. even know yeah. how many people do know. I don't even know who gets that attendance report. Either way. Keep I'll, going. I'll discuss it with you later. Okay. <laughs> let you know my sources. Yeah. It's yeah. not me. Yeah. I'm not his source. Yeah, it's not like the oh, but, but, but so, so if we're truly doing everything that we can. Like, if we're taking that mission serious, okay, then why isn't it doubled next Sunday? So to say that we're doing, every, the churches in America are doing everything that they can. No, they're not. What more could we be doing? Well, I don't know. How many, how many of your friends mm-hmm. have you brought to church? Hmm. Mm. Jenny. Hmm. Stum. Okay. But some of them won't like won't come or maybe they're like going to a different church. Sure. Or there could be multiple reasons. Right. But but my point is is that you have you've just stopped asking. Mm. You, is that true? You, you've just stopped he's inviting. He's saying you as a hypothetical. No, he's saying no, he's looking at no, you. No, he's not. Yes, he's he is. Right forward. No, he's not. He looked right <laughs> at you and said, you stopped asking. He's saying the, hypothetical. Okay, let's just not make it hypothetical. No. I, have you stopped asking? No. Okay. I'm trying to think the last so, person so, I asked. But, but, but are you asking them in a way that their life depends on it? Maybe. You're willing to accept no for an answer. Yes. So the church in America is willing to be like, eh. Because. I asked them. No. I did my job. Because. They just said, well, no. they. No. No, because I know from personal experience how annoying it is, especially because a lot of people that I know that I would be asking maybe don't believe in God. So pushing that oh, down that's their perfect. throats, I know, but from my experience, people asking me to come to church or 
pushing God on me it would turn me the opposite way. It's not pushing them. It's doing I know, but it in, in a eye. loving, in a loving way. You can do it as loving as you want, but somebody that can't, like, no, they wouldn't hear that as okay. loving. They would hear God, church, and like run away completely. Yeah, so no, I again, I keep the conversation going because I think it's an interesting thought because that's what it keeps coming back to is, is that, so if, if the, if Jesus is attractive, right? Mm-hmm. Because he is obviously scripture says every time he showed up somewhere, people came, right? Sinners saved, right? Sure. Like people showed up. But what we're saying right now, or what you're saying is people aren't showing up. And the reason they're not showing up is because of us. Yeah. We're doing a terrible job. Right. Yeah, as, so, as the Christian church. Right. And so you're, again, back to, so the, the, the solution, just to, to go down the same page, the solution to not doing a charitable job would be to ask more. And Jenny's pushing back and saying, that's the worst thing you could do. Not necessarily the worst thing. Well, you're just saying, you, that's think, exactly what you said. Okay. I think it's annoying you, when somebody keeps asking. Yes, but that's on the person that maybe doesn't believe. In but that's who case. we're talking but about. But I think you can only ask so many times and people are annoyed by it. Or my thing is, especially like when I was maybe a not believer, if I were to look at somebody's life, then that would be a reason why I would want to come. So I think, again, like your testimony can be the best invitation. Because I have seen people come from that. That's the only reason why people come. Mm -hmm. Make a friend, be a friend, lead a friend to Christ. That's the only reason people come to church? Is because they have a personal connection that they want more of it. They see something in us as believers mm-hmm. that it, it may be something they're going through. It may be something that they've experienced. It may be, um, it may be court ordered, celebrate recovery. It may, I mean, there may be a program here that, that they have to be involved in mm-hmm. and it, but they make a connection with somebody. Yeah. See, I have a different theory. So I think most people operate in church like they operate in life. They show up somewhere because something's broken and they want it fixed. So my marriage is broken. So my wife told me if I go to church, that we're going to work it out. So guys go to church looking for a fix, right? And so, again, we give them the fix. Go to marriage counseling, go to marriage counseling, get it fixed, and then... When it's not fixed or they can't find a fix, then they don't come anymore. And even if they do get it fixed, they see the fix as um, people in the church gave me marriage counseling, but the fix is never Jesus. And so at some point, some point, you're coming and being religious and not relationship. And so I think most people end up in a church because something's broken. The church gives them something to fix it, but they never get Jesus. Not true. Not, not true, true that people don't come because no, of... That, that's not true for my life. No, I'm saying... Oh. But we're, no, what we're saying, again, we know your life. Right. I'm saying we're like, talking we're about the people. masses right now. We're saying if you're out there and you're and we're work, working with or talking through unchurched people, that's who Jenny's talking about, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. going to end up in church because they want something fixed. And somebody told them, you could come to church and get it fixed. So you're right. From a relationship standpoint, they're going to get invited, but they're only going to get invited when they think that that's going to fix them. And so the reason the no is out there is they don't see any fix in the church. Like they can't help them. Yeah, there's no way to get help. Because otherwise, anywhere else, like if you look at somebody and say you could go over here and you could get what you want, how many people don't go? People always go to get what they want. Right? I mean, that's the best marketing plan out there in the world is is that 
people say, hey, you have a problem? Watch this. And you can go here and you can get your problem solved. So you go buy this, show up to the store and get this. You show up to this restaurant and get what you want. I mean, it's the whole marketing scheme of the world is to say, you got something you need. We have what you want. That's exactly what church is. Is what? You're, you're not selling them on the problem. Not selling them on the problem. The, the, they need Jesus. It's, it's the only source of hope and life eternal. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that will get you through sure. this crap basket that we walk through every day <laughs> called life. Crap yeah, basket. for sure. So, so we're, we're doing a bad job by saying, hey, look, I know that you think your life's wonderful now because Satan's keeping you comfortable mm-hmm. or whatever. Maybe you're financially successful and you have all of your wants and needs and, 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 and the things of this world. Mm-hmm. But the solution, like this, none of this matters. It's going to burn up. It's going to mm-hmm. be gone. It's, it's going to rust away. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. You need to focus on the end game, mm-hmm. not the here and the now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, it's, I don't think it's not that we're not saying those things. My point just is, is that first people that are comedy, people that are comfortable are looking for something, first of all. Not very many. Well, I, I would think I, if, if they're comfortable, they, they, uh, they, if they truly have peace, they've already found Christ. If you have an unshakable peace and, and, and a, you, you already know Jesus and not know him as the guy that hung on the cross, mm-hmm. but you, you know him. Mm-hmm. It, and, and that's where true peace and true contentment comes from. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't have that, then your life isn't that great unless it's an adversary, mm-hmm. Satan, working with you, keeping you busy, mm-hmm. supplying your need. Mm-hmm. And, and th- those are the ones that you need to have the conversation with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, again, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. My point just is there's a reality out there. One, what you just said is completely foreign to 90% of the people. No, you can say, once you understand Jesus, you have a peace that surpasses all understanding. You know why you can say that? It's because you've got it, Mm -hmm. right? To a person that's listening today that's not a believer or somebody that's watching us out there, they're saying, like, I have peace. Yeah. They don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. They don't know the difference between what you're saying and what, what they, they have. have. Yeah. Because they've never experienced that peace. Right, but they think they're fine with the peace that they have. Right, that's, well, that's like, a, that's, like a, that's like a drug addict saying that they're good with the high that they got. <laughs> Why'd you got? look at Jenny when you said that? Be- he did look at me. <laughs> Be- because because, because the, 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 the high off of cocaine is, is and, then, and then you offer a meth. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, and that high is better. Okay. Like, like you don't know the difference till you try it. Right. That's anything in life, though. But just use that as an example. So the the the, the point of if Jenny or anybody else like use the addiction piece of sure. it. As long as you can keep the addiction going, mm-hmm. you don't think you need anything right. else. The only time they need something else is when they oh, come off. No, 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 no. No, really. There, when, yes, when you, when you, so when you was, you did in, not want to see me when I was withdrawing. <laughs> right, it's when you but, didn't when have you, exactly but, when you was in active addiction. Addiction. Uh-huh. There wasn't ever this thing that said I, I, and 
I, while I, you're high. I, I refer oh, okay. to it like at night because mm-hmm. uh-huh. that's typically where you get lost in your own head. Like, okay. Um, no, I'd be passed out. <laughs> th- this was this was my life pre-drugs. Right. I I had my family. I had a job. Maybe you you had these things that served you well. Mm-hmm. And now you're a full-blown addict and you're in the pits of addiction. Mm-hmm. And your life sucks because you got to wake up every day and figure out how to get that next fix. Mm-hmm. There was never a moment of clarity that was like, this is a rat race that I'm done running. Oh, yeah. Every day, but it didn't have anything to do with Jesus. Yeah, so you had no peace in that. Well, but let's. So uh, if somebody come alongside of you, mm-hmm. and my said, mom did every day, okay, and would talk about Jesus, and that's how I yeah. know like that would like infuriate me. Right. Yeah. The thing that I was trying to get at is like if you talk to an addict, like mm-hmm. or people that have any addiction, right? The times that they have those discussions is in between highs, right? It's at the low point. Mm-hmm. So they're off of the high because in the high you have all the peace you want. Yeah. Because you got everything you wanted. It's in the low. Now I got to go use again to reachieve that is when you think, wow, this isn't the way life is supposed to be. My point just is, is that in an addict's world, there are moments like that. And then they go out and find another fix. I'm saying in, in life, people who can constantly keep themselves high, meaning money, kids, job, security, everything's going the way that it needs to be. If there is never a low, yeah, right. if there's never a place where your life gets interrupted, why aren't you at peace? Because they're getting everything they want, right? I mean, and these are people, I'm not talking about people that are out there and never home. I I know tons of people today that they're living their life. They have all the money they want. They're not rich, but they're, they're satisfied with the money they want. Their kids are doing well. They have no need for the church and no need for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And they're not running a rat race. They're just out there living life and they feel good about where they're at. In fact, I would say, you so know, nobody's asked them the question. Okay. Wh- when this is over, then what, what you think? And again, that would, so what you're saying to just clarify it all, we're saying for people that are at complete peace, mm-hmm. right? Okay. We're saying the way that Christians can interrupt peace. Cause that's what we're trying to do. Right. I just a simple, like, like, okay. Once, once you're, you're, there's none of us getting out of here alive. No, right. So you're bringing in tension. So, so, right? so tension so, into peace. So well, I'm not even bringing in tension. I'm just, I'm, it's a statement of fact that none of us are getting out of here alive. Which I mean, brings I, I, tension. I think that anybody can agree on that. No, right. No. For sure. So, so it's just the way it is. Then what? Mm-hmm. That was my point. So What's you're your interrupting success? their utopia. The utopia of life, we're saying the way to reach those people is to interrupt utopia by saying you're living a lie. Yeah. Right. You're bringing tension now. Sure. So now you're bringing tension into this saying, do you know, like you, you think you have peace, but you really don't because you're going to hell. Sure. Right. That's my point. So again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying for our listeners, I think these are good discussions and perspectives because this is what we're trying to figure out, right? Like we're trying to figure out because there is a world out there that's completely satisfied with what's going on and what they're doing. And until life is interrupted, you barely find anybody open to the discussion of church mm-hmm. until their life is interrupted. So if we're saying, that's what I would hear you say, we need to interrupt I, their life. 
I was in Nashville this summer, and, and, and I had a Jesus conversation with a guy outside of a bar smoking a cigarette. Right. I was the guy drinking and smoking a cigarette, and so was he. But, right. But like, we just happened to be there because you can't. But, like, like, you can have those conversations anywhere. Which, again, I don't, I don't disagree yeah. with you. The issue you is going to, to be. You have to be obedient, Mike. Right. And you have to be bold enough to take that step. Mm-hmm. And that man may hate me for telling him the truth, but I don't care. He knows the truth. Well, again, I don't think I don't think the question and maybe, Jenny, you can clarify this. I don't mm-hmm. think the question is whether or not we're willing to right, be able to speak truth when the opportunity presents yeah, like, itself. Like, I don't think that there's anybody out there that's saying this. This is always my biggest question. When is the right time to speak truth? Because this is always where, this is where I see the problem. Always. Right? The problem for me is, is that. I believe that the Holy Spirit is working before us. And I think that the Holy Spirit provides conviction in the life of a person. And when conviction happens in the life of the person, then their ears are open to things that they've never heard before. So the opportunity for a believer is to stay in relationship and trust the process. So this would be the process. If I am in relationship with a person, I'm trusting. God says he will draw people towards him, Mm -hmm. right? That... When he draws people towards him, will I be there in relationship with the person? Because the pushback that everybody would say against, and I'm not saying it's your theory, but what I would think our listeners are hearing is saying, I don't have a relationship with him, but if I'm sitting there, I'm going to tell him, listen, you're going to hell and you need to change. And if you hate me for it, I don't care. I'm going to go back to my life, but at least I planted a seed. Yeah, I I don't know if this is true. I read it somewhere that there was that you have to ask a person thirty eight times to come to church, to go to Jesus camp, to to you, those seeds have to be planted over and over and over before the person will actually go. Mm-hmm. You might be seed number thirty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you have to keep planting those seeds. Well, I would say. And maybe because I think that you agree with this because I've watched the way you live your life to a certain extent. But I think you would also agree with staying in relationship with somebody and being there for them throughout those 30 times is better than what I think is happening in the church today when we say, go out and evangelize. And people are like, okay, I need to go tell somebody they're going to hell. Now I'm going to go back to my life. And I hope someday you'll get it. And then somebody else is going to tell you you're going to go to hell and somebody else is going to, but I'm just telling you, you're shaking your head, but it's the way it works. This is what people are doing. Jenny is a perfect example of people did it to her. Mm -hmm. And look at her now. Yeah, but it wasn't because that person told her she was going to hell. It was the constant invitation. It was the constant coming alongside No, I was raised in, in church. Sure. Right, so what was it, Jenny? So just to so use the example, did, yeah. what was the breaking point for you? Mm-hmm. Was it because people badgered you or no. said truth if to you? No. If anything, I still have not necessarily resentment towards that, but I still feel like whenever I think about how people treated me in that sense or like I'm very cautious the way I approach people because I know how it affected me. Yeah, and so for you, the breaking point was... Because I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've ever said that in your story of like, what was like, because you were raised at home, you did have people telling you, what was it the point where you finally said, okay, I need to give my life to Christ? Um, 
Was it a multitude of things? I mean, I mean yeah, because I was, it was a multitude of things, but I don't know. Come back to me on that. Because it was, <laughs> it just like, I don't know. I just stayed in the program and life became more clear. And then God became more clear as I started to have more of a relationship with him. Because, I mean, I was in, rela- like, I did have a relationship with God and then years. Oh, before the drug addiction. Right. And then right. years and years go. Right. So it wasn't like a first time coming to Christ right. type of thing. Yeah. So let's just use that, Shane, and again, l- allow people to get to know you, because I think that's a great start into the conversation of really where we want to go and what you're about and who you are as an engineer and a, mm-hmm. and, and, a <laughs> and using your life. I mean, I think you would agree with this, using your life to try to figure out how to further the gospel. Yeah, I, mean, I that's definitely fair to say. that. Well, uh, yeah, so what's the question? Huh? What's the question? Well, we're going to get there, <laughs> Judas. This we're isn't like, this isn't Jeopardy. <laughs> like, we don't just be like, so we're leading it. So the, the, the point is, is that I think understanding who you are, where you come from, is, is, is good for people to get mm-hmm. as they understand, you know, where you're at in life. And that's part of what we do here is allow people to get to know you relationally and too, so that when they see you out there that... As you continue to use your life to further the gospel, I think it's important for the people to get to know you. So, yeah. tell us a little bit about Shane. Oh, I, um, <laughs> it's 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 just like everybody else. I think I um, I I'm, I I was spiritually bankrupt. Um, grew up in the church. Um, had a very very good childhood. No broken family. Uh, raised with church whether we wanted to or not every Sunday um yeah it, it was it was a very good childhood and 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 I it was just through just sheer osmosis just hearing it over and over and over again you learn the bible okay um I mean you sat down at night and and dad would read scripture and you know so it wasn't osmosis yeah, it, I it, mean, it, you, that would just I, be I like it all of a sudden just made it into your head. Yeah, but it wasn't me <laughs> actively going out and seeking no, your dad it and read being it like it, it was it was just the environment that I was raised right. in mm-hmm. that you just you, get submersed in it and that you you retain some of it. Right. So your parents. So, again, when you were growing up, when you said you had a, a good childhood. So how did yeah. faith fall into your childhood? Because everybody that's I think that's the interesting story of everybody. We all grew up either with it, without it, mm-hmm. a major part of our life, you know. So explain. So you're saying your parents would read you? They were very involved in, like, where you were spiritually and trying to figure out where you were no, no, spiritually? No, 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 Okay. No, no, no. no, those are all personal decisions. Okay. Like, you have to walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Right. But what part it, did your parents play in all of it? By simply putting it in front of us. Okay. Mm. Hey, this is what a loving Christian family looks like. This is okay. what you do. This mm-hmm. is why we do it. The mm-hmm. Bible says, da 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 da. Okay, I mean, you can talk about whatever husbands, wives. You can talk, you know, whatever that is. Um, but this is this is the way it needs to look. Okay. Example. Yeah, yeah. And so again, they would tell you, are they are they the ones who taught you about the Bible? No, 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 no. No. But your dad read to you. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like, so w- when, when we would get done reading, there wasn't a discussion about what we read. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was off to bed you go. Okay. Let it marinate. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then you said though that like in growing up, there was this like 
this example of what a Christian marriage should be, an example of what a Christian church should be, an example like, how is it an example if nobody doesn't tell you about it? Like, just because you're watching it and you're yeah, saying, but, oh, but, that's the by, way it by, should be? By, by observation. Sure. Okay. And I think, I think that, that people's perception is their reality. Right. Like, looking back on it, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know that that was the most loving Christian way to do things, mm-hmm. but it seemed to work. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it certainly didn't do me any harm. Right. Well, I mean, again, back to... Back to the discussion we were having, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think this is interesting to play it together. So you grew up in a Christian home where you were told you're going to hell if you didn't have Jesus. Uh, uh, Heaven, heaven was, yeah, it was hellfire and damnation. Like it was a very real place. And you you had this your whole childhood, but you were still spiritually bankrupt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you can, you can, um, you can hear it. You can even confess it and not live it. Mm-hmm. So did they scare you into thinking like that you were going to go to hell, especially at no. like a younger age? That didn't scare you? No. What? No. In, in like 1988, there was a book that come out. Um, <laughs> the, the, that would uh, scare me. Oh my cool. gosh. You're telling yes, me that like young- if somebody told you about hell as a child, you were scared of it? I watched a hell movie. My grandma made me watch a, like a hell movie about like the end of times, tribulation, mm-hmm. all that. And like that scared me forever. Like I still remember that movie. People were burning alive. Like, it was awful. Yeah, and so you're saying, Shane, growing up, somebody could give you a picture of what hell was and say you were going there, and you'd be like, eh, No, because I I never thought I was going there. Oh, interesting. Huh. Okay. So so in this, they could (laughs) tell you about hell, but they were like, but you're going? No, it was, it was, it was, it was a, it was, it was always presented in you have a choice. Mm -hmm. You can either accept a Christian lifestyle. Okay. And, and, and that was done in a way of you need to join the church. You need to, right. You need to do these things. And well, I just never did. I, No, I know. But at some point you made a decision in your mind, right? So let's just play this out. So your parents laid out heaven and hell and they said, like, if you live this way, you're going to hell. If you live this way, you're going to heaven. Somewhere in your mind as a child, you made a decision that you're doing the right things to go to heaven. Or otherwise you'd have been scared of hell. No, 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 no. Because, because it's not about works. Huh? I know it's not about. So, so it's not, I'm going to do. It, okay, it's, so they, it's either you believe or you don't. So and you at you some point as a child said that you yeah, believed and accepted, yeah, I, so you thought you were going. I'm good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So you, again, formulated something inside of your head that never really addressed hell because you thought you were okay. Well, no, I think that hell is very real. What do you mean formulate? You weren't afraid of it yeah. because no. in your mind, right. you right. believed that you were going Absolutely. to heaven, but as somewhere that belief got completely disrupted because you said later on in life, you're spiritually bankrupt. Yeah, absolutely. So that, again, I'm just playing all so, this so, out because so, this is a lot of people's stories. Yeah. So, right? so, so by spiritually bankrupt, I mean that, that there was a realization that I was living of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I was doing worldly things. And that you were going to go to hell. And that, like, hey, I need to make changes. Okay. Um, a big one was baptism. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something that I believe. I believe that you can go to heaven without being baptized. Right. Um, but, but I think that there are things that you will want to do in your Christian walk, and baptism's one of them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, and then and then uh, probably probably one of the big moments was uh, in in my life was was I went through my divorce. Uh, um, at that time, uh, Terry Dupont uh, uh, invited me to go to Brother and Way, and and then you got into the meat and potatoes of the realness of the crucifixion. Mm. Um, the discussion uh, around tables of 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 things that I needed to change in my life to mm -hmm. to live a Christian life, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kingdom yeah. building stuff. Yeah. So let's let's make sure that we clarify this because I want to make sure our audience knows or understands and and that we can go down this road. So when you talk about spiritual bankruptcy, I think people see that differently because here's what I heard, and you can tell me what it's what's different, you know, okay. so that we can clarify. So what I heard is you grew up in a Christian home mm -hmm. and we're given the principles of what it meant to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. And in there that you had believed that you were going to heaven because mm -hmm. of your belief system. Mm -hmm. I thought when you said I became spiritual bankrupt, that it was, I realized that I didn't have a relationship with Christ. And I needed to change. But what I heard you just say is no spiritual bankruptcy was I didn't get baptized and I wasn't doing the right things. I wasn't living out what scripture teaches, but you were still saved. Sure. I still believed. Okay. I, I so mean, in your childhood, there wasn't this, like, I thought I believed, but then I really realized that I didn't believe. And so I had to change no. that. So your spiritual bankruptcy wasn't really a bankruptcy. It was just essentially you wandered away. Um, didn't practice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But again, back to what you would say is not practicing didn't change that you were saved. So right. at no point in your life did you have to fear hell. You right. never remember fearing hell no. because in all of your life you've always been saved. Yep. Right. Even though you've went down paths that didn't live it out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I realized early on I, I'm a pretty big deal, Mike. <laughs> I'm a pretty big deal. Well, everybody knows. No, everybody I mean, knows. like, I mean, Jesus died for me. Right. Like, that's a pretty big deal. No, I, right. And, and so, I mean, I always knew that all through life. Like, like I heard that story. I, I understood grace. I understood, um, him dying and why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so in that, what what were some of the major changes? The things that happened, or even some of the changes to um, conversation. Okay. Um, yeah, back then, um, back then, I would never talk to people about Jesus. Okay. I would never pursue. Um, I would never pursue relationships based on the good of that person, making sure that they heard the story. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, what was the so, big switch? Because again, yeah. your parents brought you up that if you're not a believer that you're going to hell, you made a decision to be a believer, but then you didn't translate it into, I should probably do that with other people till later on in life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, well, I, I think that, I think that youth plays a lot that your focus Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I think when you're a kid growing up, you're, you're focused on a car, you're focused on a job, you're focused on, sure, we went to church youth group every okay. Tuesday night, you know, but, but, but that you didn't, um, absorb. Yeah. You did it out of the enjoyment of, 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 of what it brought you, mm -hmm. not, you, you didn't care about the other person. Hmm. Yeah. 
And don't you think that's interesting? Like that, because this is the thing that's always fascinated me about people's journey. Like I, like most of what you read in scripture, mm-hmm. right, is all about you're supposed to be about other people. And how is it then that we can read the same Bible and it becomes all about ourselves? That's, that's a fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like how do we go through these phases where, like how is that, if you're reading what scripture says, how do you get through these phases where, oh yeah, all I'm thinking about is my own personal development? Well, because it's a personal relationship. So you got to get that right. You have to get your own personal relationship with Christ, right? Before you can go kingdom building stuff. Otherwise, you're just a a clanging cymbal and a noisy gong and you're just out here. (laughs) Do you think that's true? That you have to get your relationship right before you go in. Well, but again, let's make sure we define this because relationship right meaning what? I mean, because your relationship's right through the blood of Jesus Christ. But, but you have to actively... Okay, um, Bible study. Okay. Morning devotions. Okay. Like, those were all things that I never did as a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there was a Jesus Calling book mm. m- until after, until much later in life. Mm-hmm. So, so, show me your friends, show you your future. You show yeah. me your friends, I'll show you your future. That, that, that is so profound in that who you associate with... Mm-hmm. That's who you become. So as I grew through Way of Christ, through Emmaus, through going to church, through um, Christian community, you learn what other people do, and then you put those things in your life that builds your relationship with Christ. Hmm. I didn't didn't know that there was a Jesus Calling book, and that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I, I knew that there was a King James Version, and this is what it said. Right, but what you're saying... As long as you pay attention to the red words, those are the good ones. But again, and you can correct me, Jenny, if I'm wrong, but Mm -hmm. here's what I hear you saying is, is like, you could get saved, and then you work on your relationship until you think it's to the point of where you're good, and then you can go reach other people. No, I did not say that. Well, you said that's the reason you didn't. My focus wasn't about pursuing people for Christ. Right, it was about pursuing your own relationship, and you needed to get it right, and then you could go out and reach people. No, it was it was about. Did I say that? That's what if I, I heard. If, if I yeah. again, if, 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 that's if, what I'm I said only that, repeating I, what I think I hear. I don't always hear. You right? you you go to church youth group. You your focus isn't. You did it because that was your environment. That was something that you went and did. Your focus was on being around your friends, mm-hmm. not talking about Jesus around a campfire. It was about playing volleyball. It was about playing softball. That was the focus about being in community that way, not about growing a relationship with Christ. No, okay. but later when you had said that growing a relationship with Christ, you felt like you needed to know or have a good a Jesus calling. Book, yeah, I, uh, I think I think uh, before I, you told people who Jesus sure. was. So 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 I I didn't I I I really try hard not to. Um, lead people astray. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you need to have a pretty solid, um, it would be like a, uh, like a doctor going into surgery without ever learning the anatomy. You wouldn't want to do that. Would you? Uh, well, definitely not a doctor, but I think that you don't necessarily have to be like an adult Christian as opposed to like a baby Christian. I don't think that no, relationship matters no. with, Telling people about Jesus. 
but but I think that what you tell people about Jesus is going to be significantly different on year 23 of your Christian walk versus year one. I don't know, though, because I wouldn't be telling people biblically the Bible. Like, I wouldn't be necessarily throwing that out at them to get them to either come to church or believe in Jesus. I wouldn't be... Like, I would never put fear into somebody saying that they're going to go to hell if they don't believe. Well, I guess I just the question is, what is complicated about it? That's the part that I've always questioned when people say this. Like, there was one thing that was broken in the beginning. It was a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. The only reason Jesus came mm-hmm. is so that we could have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So what's complicated about telling somebody? Because it's really not a heaven and hell issue. The issue is... What you're missing is a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so why do I need to know anything other than those two things? And that his blood allows you to have a relationship with your creator. Mm -hmm. Like what? I mean, how could I complicate it? See, that's what I get. I mean, I know that it's complicated then to teach people how to live it out because we have to teach them how to live it out. But what's complicated about the message of salvation? And why do I have to wait? to tell somebody about something that I would think the concept of what we're trying to teach them isn't something that's complicated, is it? I think we make it that way. No, I know. Is it because we sit there and try to read about it before we just say, here's the easy thing. Sin entered the world, and God put a plan together to fix it. The plan was Jesus, right? And that... What was broken was him walking with us and talking with us in relationship. Jesus dying across, raising from the dead, and now living inside of people is so that we can reunite with the one that created us and being in relationship. And I think that that's where the disconnect comes in. We're speaking of that as in the here. When, when you're talking about a salvation that happens somewhere else, heaven. I'm confused. Okay, so you you need to you need to be uh, in relationship. He yes, he mended that relationship. Jesus mended the relationship with God because right. of His blood. But that's not for us here now. Yes, it is. How is that not for us here now? Um, it is the 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 the, the afterlife heaven or hell is is that like like these these are just vessels that carry our soul no i know but how do we get again how did how would we think because this is never what jesus talked about jesus talked about that once the holy spirit comes and lives inside of you you now have direct access with god in a relationship that you never had before yep right that's the here and now yep and that only happens through salvation and has nothing to do with eternity Eternity starts the day that you give your life to Jesus Christ. Right. The body is a temple being used by the Holy Spirit. When it dies, we go on and be with him. But what changes here on this earth is a relationship with God that you did not have before. Right now. Right? Which is what gives you the peace, which is what gives but, you the but confidence. But you were saying it's like something that's going to happen someday that only changes someday, but it really changes right now. Right. What changes right now for me is, is that 
here's what I'm trying to tell people. Like this, to me, this is the simplest way. You were created to be in relationship with God, and you were created, every person on this earth, to be in relationship with God and to worship him. Mm-hmm. Right? We'd all yeah. agree on that, right? Yeah. Like yes. that's, we were all created. When sin entered the world, those things were broken. Mm-hmm. Broken. Worship of God yep. and relationship with God. So from the time of entering our life till the time that we change this, we're always going to be seeking wrong relationships and wrong worship. Right. right, And the destruction of your life is simply because you've chased wrong relationships for fulfillment. People try to get it out of people. Yep. People try to get it out of husbands. People try to get it out of wives. And they've seeked wrong worship. Mm-hmm. Alcohol, drugs, money. money. The fix is simple. Once you reestablish a relationship with God, it fixes your worship and your relationship are we still going to sin? Yes, but you are now filled in a way that you weren't filled before, and you can overcome in a way mm-hmm. that you weren't overcome before. That's why I think the message of salvation is so simple. This is what you're chasing and why. Let's just make it simple. The reason you're chasing it is because you were created to be in relationship and to be in worship. You're chasing something because you were created that way that you don't have. I'm going to help you see or give you what you didn't have before that's going to take away fleshly desires to the point of where they were before and fill you with something, the power of the Holy spirit, that's going to help you walk out your salvation in fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. Are we still going to have trouble with wrong worship? Are we still going to have trouble with wrong relationships? Yes. But those two things won't destroy us now because of salvation, because of Jesus. And that we continue to work out our salvation to fear and trembling happens on this earth until we see him again. And we're made perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. But here, the relationship and the worship are fixed. Isn't, isn't he the barometer in which you should gauge your life? Who? He's the goal. He was the perfect man, right? Right. We're, but we're called to be Christ-like. Yeah, so let's, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. But stay, okay. let's just do one thing at a time, okay. just for our audience. Because I know you get this, but I think it's really important for our audience to see these things. What we want to make sure that our audience understands is, the message of salvation is not complicated. Yeah. And anybody should be able to do that. Anybody, regardless if you're the, a first-time believer, and honestly, first-time believers are better at it because all of a sudden that thing got shifted in their body. And so yeah. let me tell you the story mm-hmm. about what I used to worship and relationships that I was in. Let me tell you the relationship I'm in now and what I'm worshiping, right? That concept for a new believer to go tell that story is easy right? And should be easy. Mm -hmm. And to all of our audience that are listening, that story is the story that changes the lives of people. I had wrong worship. I had wrong relationships. I have right worship and right relationships. This is what you need, right? Because it has changed my life. That's the message of salvation. Then you're absolutely right. Is the goal from that point forward to be Christ-like? This is when it gets hard. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. This is when it becomes very difficult because the barometer is to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now there is a constant battle to do two things. This is what Satan wants to do. He wants to negate your story Mm -hmm. by the way that you live your life, Mm -hmm. right? So if he can keep you distracted away from the things that you really need to be doing, and he can negate your story, and he cannot see us pursuing a Christ-like life, then it makes it so that we 
essentially negate our story, right? Like we are in wrong worship again and we're in wrong relationships again and it takes away or it negates away the story that, that we have yeah. to be able to tell. So there are people out there who are like, I don't have a story anymore. So now you become ineffective in the world, right? Is that fair to say? Are we tracking down the same road? Yeah, I'm just like, so, so if Jesus went and sought people, uh-huh. So if, if you're truly living a Christ-like life, mm-hmm. then you should always seek people to share the message with. But this is why, right? Here's the motivation. The motivation is, is because I want you to have what I have, not for you not to go to hell. What I want for you is I want you to see my story of wrong worship and wrong relationships. And let me tell you the story about... Man, people don't want to tell that. Well, hell, I I would rather hear that than... (laughs) Sorry, Nick. I just (laughs) said hell on a podcast. Apparently hell isn't a cuss word. I really bring that out to you good, don't I? I I know. (laughs) I'm sorry. But we were talking about hell. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I said it in a context that probably was not pastor-like. Well. <laughs> yeah, anyway, go on, Jenny. I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> we lost. Oh, wait, I think I do. I would rather hear somebody's story than hear I'm going to hell. And I, and I, think, that's where, I think that's when true change happens. Right. Is, is it, but it's through the relationship that you have with the person. Absolutely. Well, yeah. So It'd be different from the This stranger. is clear back to the beginning. Why, Full circle. Why, Full is, circle. why is the church in America failing? Why is the modern Because they're not church telling failing? their story. Because people don't want to air their crap. They don't, they don't want to, they don't, See, they, I knew they we have would a, get somewhere. They, that's I fair. Knew we could that's get, fair. I know yeah. we could get there. They, they have, they, they have an image of this is who I am now. Mm-hmm. They, they forget all the stuff to get there. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. that character building stuff we went through. Mm-hmm. All, they, they don't want to, they, that's, no, let's just leave that covered right. up. Right. So again, back to what you're saying, Shane, now we're bringing it full circle because really back to the answer to your question, the church in America is not effective because you're unwilling to share your story and to air your dirty laundry and to talk about where you have been or mm-hmm. were at wrong mm-hmm. relationship and wrong worship. And even to this day, after your salvation of reestablishing relationship where we have had wrong worship and wrong relationship, and this is what it cost me. You know, right. because of what that looks like in my life. And I think, I think it, I think it, it, it boils down to being submissive. Okay. You, you, when, when, when God puts people in your life, mm-hmm. you're either going to be obedient to that calling mm-hmm. of, I need to share mm-hmm. with this person. Mm-hmm. I need to invest in them mm-hmm. or. I, I'm going to be cautious and I'm going to still let them think that I'm this way. Mm-hmm. Well, but I think what you're saying is absolutely yeah. again. And I knew we would get here because I know this is what you meant when you're saying all of these things is that you are a person who will invest into people and through investment, you will share truth. You have to. Right. But my point is, is yeah. in the beginning, I think people get it as a no investment and just a message. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know that's not what you do. Right. I know. I that think in the beginning, that's the way it was, Mike. What? I think it was just, yeah, I'm a Christian and 
this is what I do. And no, I know, like, but I, that's I not who I, you are today. Right, so who absolutely. you are today, I've seen it in the people that sure. you've invested into, that sure. you invite to different things, that it is an investment yep. into the lives of those people. And I think that's what we're getting at. Like with our, the, there's two things with it. We're in the book of Revelation. Like that's what we're studying on Sunday morning, which for all of us should remind us of a sense of urgency, right? The end is coming, whether it's death or whether it's him coming back, it should bring us such an urgency. But mm-hmm. in that urgency, we need to approach it with the right mindset. Urgency just means get out there, get in more relationships, make yourself available to be able to re- help people reestablish what is broken, right? And that's what we need to get out and do. Where I've seen in the past, people like sense of urgency, so I need to just broadcast, you know, and I've seen people do this. I, uh, what was it called? Snapchat? Is that the thing? Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. like people get out on Snapchat and they're like, let me read you the Bible and tell me about the end of times. Anybody listen to me today, if you don't believe you're going yeah. to hell. And they're thinking, this is the sense of urgency. My best way to get the message out is just to tell everybody they're going to hell. And I'm saying the best way to get the message out is be in relationship with people, help them understand what's broke and walk a journey with them. To, because if the Holy Spirit really is working, then that journey is going to be, we're going to be there to be able to give them the answers that they need you know, through that process, right? right? Like that's the sense of urgency that you're living with Mm -hmm. right now. The sense of urgency you're living with right now. Mm -hmm. The reason that you're going and serving on the Jesus camp, what's it called again? We call it a Jesus camp, but it's not Jesus camp. Wait, Messiah's walk. Wait, no, I'm saying it wrong. It's not Emmaus walk. Emmaus walk, yes. No, it's not Emmaus. There's two of them. Brother and way, brother and way of Christ, or way of Christ, and then then the Emmaus walk. Right, but the thing that you're doing... Prison ministries, Kairos. Right, but you're doing it because you're going to help these other guys see what you saw. Right, that's what that weekend is about. You didn't go through your struggle just to keep it. Right. Right. Right, Right. and that's my point. So not only you're out there in relationship with people who Mm -hmm. don't know, you're in relationship with people to try to give them a model. Mm -hmm. Right, that's what this brother and way or whatever it's mm-hmm. called is doing right. Mm-hmm. Or Emmaus walk or any of those mm-hmm. things are. And, and it may, and it may be a, a realignment. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it may be crap. I didn't realize that these things were getting in the way of my relationship with Christ. Right. Right. And wow. I need to look, you know, I mean, there, maybe it's just self-reflection. Right. And that's back to what you said in the beginning. Mm-hmm before we went on, it's like part of what we should look at, right? So this is one of the things that we talked about before we went on, on set today or on uh, live today was we should look at whatever distracts us and get rid of it, right? I mean, that's some of what you were talking about yeah. before. Whatever the distractions are, we should get rid of them, right? Because yeah, if, if, it's, if it's not, uh, your, your whole purpose is to pursue men for Christ. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right, and so whatever it is that's distracting you, Right, yeah. because that's what we were talking about earlier. You said I don't have a TV, and other people right. say I don't have this, and other people say I don't have this. But the reason or the motivation behind it is to say, if it's taking me away from my purpose, yep. right. So if it's wasting, how my time, do I Christianize the world? Right, right. And if something is wasting my time, mm-hmm. right, and we're unable to use that to further the gospel, yep. right, then we shouldn't be on it. Because I think this would be Nick's argument. Right. So, Nick, you can weigh in on this. So Nick's argument would be is Facebook can be a waste of time, but Facebook can also be a huge evangelistic tool. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that fair to say, Nick? Yep. Right. Everything is good in moderation. Right. That's I- my Including point. moderation. Right. Right. And that's what I'm thinking is, is that we've always taught people try to figure out, you know, to do it. Instead of us just saying you should never be on. Right. Never watch TV. Never be on Facebook. Never be on. Like, I, the reason I'm not on Facebook is because... I get trapped, 
right? Like I start looking and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, then I've been on this stupid thing way too long. And then somebody showed me Facebook Marketplace, like oh, where you buy yeah, things. that's dangerous. Like you buy things yeah, off that's of there. So like there's, so I typed in F-250 6.0 diesel trucks and found myself an hour and 20 minutes later oh my scrolling gosh. through these people who redo these diesel trucks. And I'm like, this is the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> After I got done with that, I deleted the app and I'm not on it because I couldn't that's, handle it. That's good. <laughs> Keep yeah. laughing. I don't even know what to tell you. I couldn't moderate it. I sat there and found myself jacking around on the thing yeah. and couldn't figure it out. But other people can get on it and they're good at it and they can mm -hmm. go through the same with TV. Like TV isn't a big deal to me. Like I can get on TV, watch a football game and be done with TV for a month until I want to watch a football game again. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I don't really care. Like I don't, the, but I think that's what we're, you were saying is like, find the thing that is the distraction right. and get rid of it. Right. True. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Jenny, do you have any of those things? Um, do you have any things that are like complete distractions to you? No, not really. So you don't get distracted Everything, on... Everything's a distraction for me. <laughs> like it can be a distraction. Right. Um, TV is a lot of the times, but I don't watch TV all the time. My phone is, but then I work on my phone. Right. So there's a lot of, yeah. Yeah, like the both and. Like you could find yourself being distracted, but right. you still have to use it for... Right. Yeah, certain purposes. Yeah. So, so again, we're all go ahead. Well, I just it, it, it's it's so simple. I, I heard a pastor say one time. He goes, um, he said, uh, every preach everywhere you go, mm -hmm. and when necessary, speak. Mm -hmm. Let just let your action be it. Right. It's right. not the things you say; it's the things you do. Right. And at some point, and, and again, this is important. We've said this a thousand times, but I think it's important to say it again is, is that you're right. But at some point, somebody is going to have to speak the gospel into the life of that person. They don't get it via osmosis. Well, but, but <laughs> you, you, can, you can do that without speaking it to them. It's tough. Um, I don't know. Can you? Can yeah, you sure, really absolutely. explain the message of salvation to a person? Because they do have to get this. They do have to understand this is what scripture says. This is what was broken. Cause I do think at some point it does, whether it's the preacher, like you're living a life that somebody could look at and say, Oh wow. Like, you know, Shane's life is a life that I want to be like. And you, they could, well, Oh, they you know. are so, no, <laughs> I hope nobody says The point that. is, is that's exactly what you're saying is that if you live a life that you don't have to preach anything because your life preaches for you. Right. Right. So my point is, is so somebody's going to want to know about that. Sure. And it does not happen through just continue to live and never say. Nope. So we can do that in multiple different ways. We can say, come to church. Mm -hmm. The preacher's going to give the message. Right. Yep. And it's a partnership. This is where it works great when come to small group, because in the small group, somebody's going to give the message. But at some point, there has to be a verbal Jenny. Let me tell you about the message of salvation. Yeah. This is what was broken in the beginning. This is what you've been chasing in between. And the way to fix those things is this, mm -hmm. right? And, and, I, and I, think, I think the other thing is give people an alternative. Okay. Like, like I think that um, uh, 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 as a church, like, like give people a, a different avenue. Meaning, um, oh, oh gosh, instead of uh, instead of going out to eat on a Friday night, uh, pick up your girl and bring her to church and have a hymn sing and a who like a hymn sing, <laughs> sing hymns. I you didn't know, know what he's either. Yeah, wait, do, wait do, a you, second. Can, you can do events here, okay? Oh, that, that 
the 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 worship team or whoever can lead it. Okay. Or may I don't know, maybe you can lead it. Have you um, heard me sing? I sang comfortably numb Sunday. Really? From Pink Floyd. How, did you hear me singing, Nick? No. How did I miss that? Uh, I have no idea. You didn't see hear this because no. it was like I was waiting on something. Oh yeah. So I'm like. Hello, hello, hello. Is there anybody in there? That's Is there really anyone creepy. home? I'm glad you had your mic on. Wow. <laughs> Not creepy. Anyway. My goodness. So yeah. no. So yeah. So you got to give people. You got to give. So like you're I, saying part of the church's responsibility just. It would be Jenny's trying to to get a, to have other avenues, right? So she's going to try to reach her future husband for Christ. So you think the alternative should be is that we should have, I don't know about him sing. Can we do something? Call it something else. <laughs> worship care. night that sure. Jenny could bring her unsaved friend to. Sure. To worship night. That would be part of the church. She could even bring her saved friend. I don't care. No, I Just, know, but we're talking about reaching people. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about reaching people. We're trying to say, like, how do we go out and reach people or how do sure. we make a difference? You're saying the church giving alternatives yep. for if culture. You're, if you're not comfortable coming on Sunday mm-hmm. to church, okay. hey, let's do this instead. Let's okay. be creative. Let's, you know, you can. Well, that's kind of what the cafe and champs are. Sure. Essentially, there you go. Right, a yep. creative way to get people into yeah. an environment that because yep. a lot of yeah. people that come in here don't know they're in a church, and when you tell them, they're shocked. Right. But I have seen a lot of people that weren't in church come to church because of sure. the cafe. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Well, we're already at the end, so we just did an hour and four minutes of all that. So we didn't oh, get wow. to Revelation six, but that's okay wow. because we covered a lot of ground. That again yeah. would be the emphasis that comes out of Revelation exactly. six, because Revelation six is essentially saying, "Know the end of the age and be ready mm-hmm. and be prepared." And part of being ready and being prepared is just what we talked about this entire time. So Jenny, yeah. uh, two things. So we're going to give some parting advice. So that's how we're going to end. Like if you could speak to anybody that's watching or listening online right now with this idea, right? Mm -hmm. That we should be watching. We should be ready. We should be doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're going to talk about like how, how would you give the advice to people and what they should be doing and how they should be operating, you know, inside of that. And maybe it's alternatives of things that people could Mm -hmm. do. And then we'll end up with, don't forget that we have a place that people can text and, you know, so don't forget that part. So Jenny, give us some parting advice. Okay, so I think that if you are going and you're trying to seek people, and I've said this before, but this is just really, like, it's really on my heart, like, to really read the situation before you go into it, as meaning, like, the person, Mm -hmm. and know how far you can take it with your words, what you need to say, like, don't say too much to scare them away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're speaking through a lens coming from a place right. where people didn't spend the time to be in relationship with right. you and only told you what was true. Because it was still true. Yeah. Right? It was true is still true. Oh, right. But because the relationship wasn't where it needed to be, mm-hmm. you couldn't hear it as truth. You, yeah. he- you heard it as condemnation. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. So that would be your advice to people reaching people. Right. Shane? Um. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's see here. Um Know that most, know that all, all the things that the unbelieving world knows about Christianity is learned by watching other Christians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, 
talk to God about man before you talk to man about God. Okay. Say that again, because people aren't going to catch that the first time. So say it one more time. You, you need to talk to God about man mm-hmm. before you talk to man about God. I like that. Okay. And then, uh, let's see, something really profound. Uh, <laughs> when, when, you're, uh, when you're planting for a year, plant corn. When you're planting for a decade, plant a tree. When you're planting for eternity, plant the word of God. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Cute. <laughs> you didn't get that as profound. I, you just got it as cute. Profoundly cute. Pro- profoundly cute. Profoundly there you cute, go. Yes. There you go. That's something you can quote. Exactly. Yeah, you can put that out there. Yeah. Mine has always been the same, and people have heard me say this: is have a have an evangelist, a relationship evangelism plan. Like, if you're not specifically trying to figure out how to be in relationship with people who don't know Jesus. I think you're missing the point. Mm -hmm. Like people aren't just going to come running to your door. So what is your plan? Because everybody has the same problem over time. Your circle gets full of people who are just like you. Mm -hmm. So until you break the circle, until you go outside of the circle, until you intentionally figure out how to get outside of your circle, you will live in your bubble forever, which is back to why so many churches in America are dying today. They did good in the beginning. Mm -hmm. They expanded to a bubble. Mm Mm-hmm. The preacher looked at it as good because we finally arrived. We have enough money and enough people. So my job for the rest of this time is to keep these people inside of this bubble who all like each other, comfortable and well-fed. And as long as they're comfortable and well-fed, then I've done my job. I'm saying, like, that's the worst thing that we could ever do is the church creating an atmosphere or a bubble where people are like, finally, I know everybody, and finally, I'm comfortable with everybody, and finally, Mm -hmm. everybody acts like me. When I hear people talk about life church, one of the greatest joys that I have is like, well, I didn't know what to do because the person beside me was whistling and dancing and holding up their hands, and I didn't know what to do beside them. I'm like, isn't that cool? Because that's the diversity of the church, right? Like, you know, you're at one place, they're at another place, but the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is that all people worship in different ways. All people come from different lenses. All people come from different experiences. And that, But we're all worshiping the same God. And so yeah. we should be uncomfortable in those situations. And that if you are comfortable, we've probably got a problem, mm-hmm. right? And so you should be inside of the environments that we create. To a certain extent, when somebody comes that's not like you, you should be like, thank the Lord mm-hmm. that somebody came that's not like me. Because then we can know the church is doing the job. Right. We right. know that the church is doing the job if not everybody is alike. If everybody's alike, we got a problem. Well, the only way that happens is to what you were saying in the beginning. People have to invite people. People have to be out there and be in relationship. And people have to be out there living and sharing the truth. And if we're not, and, and again, the question that you asked Jenny from the beginning is the question that we should ask everyone. Who's the last person that you invited into relationship? That's who's the last question. person that you invited into small group? And who's the last person that you invited to church? And if you haven't, there's not an excuse. No. Right? There's just not. Like, there's not an excuse to not do those things because time is short, you know, the end is near. And so we should always be constantly looking for opportunities to invite. And if there's no one to invite, get a new circle. Right, find a new circle because again, we're not saying and it's just about inviting them to church, it's inviting them into relationship, and then through relationship, we get to invite them into the places that are going to be life changing. But if you're doing no inviting to the unchurched or the people that don't know, we have missed the boat and we're going down a a slippery slope of, yeah, you're dying, yes, for sure, you're dying. 
For sure. All right, Jenny, end us up with how can people stay in contact with us? How can people send us texts, questions? Did we didn't have any questions yeah, we did. this week? Did we? Uh-huh, we did. Was it a question we can answer in a short amount of time? Maybe. Yeah. They're kind of... The first one from Keeley. This may be a quick one. What's your biggest pet peeve in your dream vacation? I'll go first. I hate <laughs> when people... <laughs> Bad time to think about this. No. I cannot stand when I talk to people and it's like I can never get a word in. Oh, they talk over you. Like all the time. Like, yeah. you know, like a 30-minute conversation. Right. I'm like, what's the point? And then... Um, dream vacation. Dream vacation. I would love to go to Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah, good morning, mate, from Down Under. Okay. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> that was good. Biggest pet peeve, Shane. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know that I really have a pet peeve. Okay, dream vacation, then. Oh, uh, I live it. <laughs> oh, I just wow. live it. Okay, so for the rest of us who are unsatisfied in life, we'll tell you about our vacation. We will. That we want to be able to do. <laughs> so my biggest pet peeve: lazy people. It's always been the same. Can't stand sluggards. Lazy people. People who won't go out and work for work for a living and depend on everybody else. Uh, dream vacation is go back out west. So I'd love to go mm, back out yeah. west. I'd love to stay in um, Glacier National Park in one of their Ooh. chalets, and I'd like to hike for a week. You know, yes. be able to just see all those things. So that would be amazing. my dream vacation. Okay. I'm not sure there's time for the other one, so we'll wait. Yeah, the on ones. One. Other put it out. We'll just Sorry, put it out Jennifer. there. Put it out deep. there, and then we'll say we're going to address it next week so people could add to it maybe. So Jennifer asked, what has the Holy Spirit asked you to do this past week? Did you listen or did you look away? If you listened, how did it turn out? Okay, so here would be a great thing. So when she puts that number up there, not only would it be us, let's have people respond. Okay. Yeah, that, that would question. be interesting. Because that would be a great question that p other people could respond to yeah. and that we could all learn from. So we'll put that question out there, let people okay. respond, and then we'll read some of their responses next week. Okay. So read the question or hear the question or I'll put it out. Yeah. And then text podcast to 260-408-8383. And you can send us questions, comments, definitely answer this question. Um, and they could do that too, Jenny, right through, like when you put it out there, because mm -hmm. again, on social media, could they answer it in the social media post yeah they can or can they answer it on our youtube they yeah they right, do by all putting that. a comment so you can collect them all so whether it's this number right. whether it's on our youtube or whether it's on our social yep. media feed you could answer that question yeah and or ask another question mm -hmm. right. oh yeah we love questions yeah yeah any comment that you write on or any post like social media youtube we want to engage with you okay Perfect. All right. So, well, thanks everybody again uh, for tuning in, whether you're watching or whether you're listening. Again, we just love your feedback and we want to continue to go down the roads of just helping people explore their faith journey and the things that God's doing through uh, the opportunities of other people. So, Shane, thanks for being with us and sharing your journey and your wisdom so that we can continue to all learn together right. on how we're going to move forward inside of this. So, again, thanks for joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.